If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Well, this is an interesting one to share here today. Listen, there's nobody listening to this podcast that has not watched pretty much every season, especially in the beginning of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So you guys all, you love to throw it back. We're in nostalgia here today, everyone. You guys remember Lisa Vanderpump's house guest, Cedric Martinez. Well, we sat down for an epic two-part chat with Cedric back in July of 2020. Google this also when you're done. Don't Google it before. You know, this got like national press because he said all sorts of things about Lisa and her marriage. Here's a fun fact, because as we share these gems that are hidden on the back feed, I like to provide new kind of like behind the music, behind the scenes facts. This went viral because he said a lot of stuff about Lisa, but the Daily Mail, you know how Kyle accused Lisa of like leaking stories to the press and having the press in her back pocket? The Daily Mail, at least at that point in 2020, would not run anything anti-Lisa Vanderpump. So there you go. There's some behind the scenes for you. So Nothing was wrong. They wouldn't run anything about Lisa Vanderpump that was negative. And, you know, Cedric paints a picture of basically being kicked to the curb by Lisa. I mean, he disappeared off our Real Housewife of Beverly Hills screens. So, yes. So listen to this. I mean, he also fucked around with Lance Bass. That got some airway, too. Listen to this. Really... I don't know. Listen to it. And then Cedric kind of like disappeared after this and people were worried about him. This is a whole thing. People were looking for him. Lots of positives to this interview. A lot of people were saying Cedric is a grifter. You know, it's not my place to take sides, but I thoroughly loved chatting with Cedric. So listen to this. Lisa Vanderpump's house guest from season one, the one and only Mr. Cedric Martinez. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing? Let's just get right into it today. We are joined from across the pond by the one and only Mr. Cedric Martinez. How are you? I'm great, David. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And hello, everyone. Um, hello from London. It's a, today, it's a, a bit rainy, but um, it is London after all. So, hi. You look like you're all refreshed today and you've been up for hours, even though it's literally, well, it's the crack of dawn in New York. Uh, it's, uh, what time is it there? Uh, 5.45 in the morning. Well, you look good. How many lights have you got on you right now? Be <laughs> honest. How many lights? Honestly, I have one <laughs> How little... many filters? How many filters? <laughs> no filters. I, I honestly don't believe in filters, believe it or not. I, I believe in a ring light, but I, I don't like filters. 
I don't mind touching a picture here and there, but I don't know how to install things. So, I mean, look, it took like 10 minutes just to connect the audio with you today. So I'm not very good. You couldn't uh, figure right out now, the audio, but you did. And, uh, right now it's 11 o'clock here today. And um, yes, I've been getting ready for the last two hours just for you, just to make sure I look good in my green pea jacket. Seriously, so, that looks yeah, nice. So, so there you yeah, I'm ready. Go for it. So, well, you know, I mean, I wanted to talk to you because I feel like there's been so much that's now out there, like all of a sudden in the past, like few weeks, there's yeah. this one saying you said this and that. And I just think like even on Instagram and like in print, like a lot of things get lost in translation. So I'm like, you Absolutely. know, we might as well, we might as well go right to the source here behind the velvet yeah. rope and hear all of this from your mouth, you know, directly and just hear kind of what you're up to. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, you are the quote unquote permanent house guest as it's referenced on your Instagram. And that's yeah. how, right, quote unquote. And I that's hate how- that word, I hate <laughs> that word. <laughs> well, from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, seasons one through three. I mean, did, I guess well, Bravo- Actually, season one, and then I did uh, the first episode of season two, but what they cleverly, what they cleverly did is, they kept using that sound bite throughout season two. And, you know, so, um, you know, I mean, you know the business. They're very good at to drag it on things. And so, but really I did season one, I think about 10 episodes. Uh, and season two, I did just um, a brief cameo appearance where I was uh, booted off. That was when you were, you were there. Yeah, how terrible of me. So I guess before we get into all the details of yeah. and all of that, I mean, my question is like, why now? Because like now, you know, you're talking to people like me. So why, you know, you were there, it's been like, what, like eight years since you were uh, nine years? Yeah, uh, nearly coming up to 10 years. Well, it's a very good question. I'm glad you asked it because for people that have been following the last month, they know why. Uh, so it all started about a month ago when Netflix, in their wisdom, uh, started showing The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season one and two. So when I got this alert on my phone, my heart sank, literally. I was like, pangs of anxiety. I was like, and again, flashes of what happened in the States came rushing back in my mind. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to relive through that. And I was thinking my first thought, my next thought was, I'm running out of country to run to. And I was thinking, I wonder if Venezuela have enough room because I got to go somewhere. Well, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I was really worried. Um, and people can see that. If they go into my Instagram, um, just, you know, the, thing, the, the, the constant theme I, I hear for some people, I'm trying to extend 15 minutes. Bear in mind that if that 15 minutes started 10 years ago, um, only a black hole can extend time. But then if people don't know what that means, they just need to Google and know about you know, physics and all that. But, so I'm not extending nothing. So what's happened is a month ago, roughly, the show started airing and then people found me on Instagram. So if you see prior to a month, it was pictures of my cat in Spain, me walking him on a leash, going to the beach with my friends, the pictures of drink, like regular Instagram. I have maybe 600 followers, if that, um, you know, and... It was fine that I, you know, then that I came back to London, the lockdown happened, um, you know, and then things changed. And then the show, so the lockdown happened, then the show happened. So all of a sudden, I had all those people coming at me, question, question. And then I had to make a decision. 
do I delete my account like I've done in the past with Twitter? Uh, you know, like, uh, like I had a lot of followers back then, but so much hate. Uh, and I wasn't strong enough because I was new to this. And I was thinking, why are they hating me so much? I've done nothing. So I thought, okay, can, shall I delete it? Have another name again? And all my friends are like, Cedric, what are you doing? Because every time I change my name, I thought Facebook, everything, it's like, okay, you, it's a bit of a joke now, right? So I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. This time around, I, I'm secure enough in, you know, I have come to, uh, to deal with what's happened, you know, like uh, with that whole situation and the show in the States. Um, I'm not saying that I'm over it completely because, you know, they cut me deep. But I thought, you know what? I've never spoken out. So every article that was done back in the days were done by my manager at the time with my picture slap on it. So he would write everything and then I would see this, I'm like, and I would get attacked. So I actually never spoke. The only time I spoke is on camera through Bravo who were like telling me, say this, say that, say this, talk about this, say you're an actor, say you're a life coach. I mean, and I was like, okay. I was so naive, so silly, so stupid. Um, but you know, it, it's done now. So this time around, I thought, you know what? I am gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say my side of the story. If people really want to know, if people have been following the franchise for all those years, and again, I'm back in the mix. Fine, ask me anything and everything, and I will answer it to you honestly. This is why we're here now. When like you get a lot of hate, like you say, like what was it? It's like a lot of Lisa Vanderpump fans. Well, just... back in, are, you, are you talking back then or now? Both. Well, actually, now ninety percent is such great support. I'm so amazed with all the fans and the viewers, and I think that and those people um, had the benefit of the last eight nine years to really see that what I was saying, I was not the only person saying about Ken and Lisa. They could see that you know she's done a lot of stuff that's transpired through the press. That oh, hang on a minute, maybe that bloke in the speedo was no wasn't lying you know, so much for his teeth. So 90% of um, the messages, it's, it's support, love, um, it's incredible. But you have that little 10%, oh, sorry, that little 10% that, um, and I feel they've just started now and someone com commented that they must be like working for Lisa on their payroll because I look at their account and there's zero followers, zero posts, nothing. It's just an account created pure 100% unadulterated abuse and I'm like love it I absolutely love it because I make a point to take, and people say block them block the haters I'm like no 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 I believe in everyone having you know the chance to speak but then I will respond you know and I do I'm, I try to be kind I use often all you have to do again against those people is just logic and then they're like oh god what do I say to that so you know they're fairly easy to handle really so Right now, the haters don't bother me. Back then, that was a whole different story. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes, and it totally satisfies my hunger. 
They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know our good friend, Sarah Frazier, who we record with here twice a week? Well, I've been really concerned with her shapewear lately, so I ordered her the superpower short from Honeylock, and girlfriend is in love. Did you know that Honeylock is your go-to for all things shapewear? They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Now, of course, I needed feedback from Sarah now that I sent this to her. She told me she noticed that Honey Love's Superpower Short really helped her distinguish between the areas she wanted more support in and those she needed less compression in. And I don't want to share Sarah's business, but she said the garment doesn't roll down and it's bathroom friendly. And by the way, Honey Love is more than just us, the superpower short. They have bras, tanks, leggings, everything for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best shaper on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code velvet. Use code velvet at honeylove.com. Wait, let me say it again in case you missed it. Treat yourself to the best shaper on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with a code velvet. Use code velvet at honeylove.com. So I've kind of talked about this before a few times. You guys know I'm a huge online gamer. It's like the only thing that gets me to take my mind off work in this podcast and actually helps me to relax. What I look for in my online games, I like, of course, I like a challenge and I'm very competitive, but I like a little drama. This is a reality TV podcast, you guys. And I like mystery. That's why I love June's Journey. I need like a little bit of a story, kind of like Real Housewives with my online games. You play as June Parker and there's all these hidden clues and it's a mystery. And, you know, listen, she, her sister was murdered. Hello. And it really challenges your observation skills. And girlfriend, June's journey is scandalous. It really helps me uncover my inner detective. I like figuring things out. So listen, if you like a challenge and you also want to take your mind off all the drama going on in the world or your own life, I'm on chapter seven and I haven't even been playing for that long. Thank you very much. See if you can catch up to me. So download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's right. Download June's Journey today for free, available on iOS and Android. Right. Now you just kind of, and I mean, do you get a lot of that now? You know, like you said, like, oh, you're a fame whore. You're just doing this to be in the, like, do you get a lot of that? Like you're I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm getting that more in the last few weeks, especially since I've done a, couple of the podcasts and I'm sure after your wonderful famous one I'm going to get so much more hate I can't wait bring it on um but I, I am getting that but again those people you know they don't matter because um I'm now I've got friends 
you know, when my friends are in Spain, so once I get to go back, you know, my, my, I've got my close friends in Ireland. I have a, uh, my emotional support, so they know me, right? And also, like I said, a lot of uh, the uh, viewers, and I'm sure your viewers and listeners, um, they're a bit smarter. I think, you know, they... I, I, sometimes I find it amazing. I know it's a reality TV show, and I know there's a word reality, and that must be so confusing to a lot of people. Reality, yes, it's like virtual reality. Virtual means almost. It's not actually real. So people either need to start reading, educate themselves, or, um, well, come, you know, bring it on, because I will set the record straight. And then did you have a not, because this is something that's come up a lot that I've seen, like, did you have a non-disclosure agreement? You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you must assign something and it just ended. I did, I did. I, did. I put, uh, what I, what's happened is I had this, um, when I was filming with Lisa at home, um, and, I've, and I've said that many times before, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, we were, uh, action and, Cedric, can you say that? And, and Lisa, so it was, you know, it's not like you have a script, but you're really prompted. So if you say something that, can you say more like this? So we were filming these cameras, these people, producers, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not new to sets and I've been doing modeling for years and I've done a lot of commercials and pop videos. So I'm used to that. But I wasn't used to doing someone, you know, like my mother or someone that I trusted for so long. And then when this guy literally comes at me like this and he's like here can you sign this and it's this document with the smallest smallest lines and i was like what's that oh, i said just a standard contract i said well can i can i please read it after so no you've got to do it now and i was like so I, I, three times i said well actually i'll read it after i said no we, I, we can't keep filming so I, I can't read it i need to see what it says and that's when lisa said oh for god's sake so, so, we've all signed the same exact document so I was like, okay. And I thought, you know, you know when you you just ignore it again, your instinct. But I thought, I know she's done some shady stuff in the past to me and other people, but surely she would lie about something so big. So I took a pen and I signed my life away. And within that document, if people take the time to read it, it says after a number of years, after the show that I'm off the show, I'm not allowed to talk. So I, I've gone well, well, well past the expiration days. Um, and this is why now I thought, you know, I'm free. And also I don't have a manager telling me to say the wrong thing or to just be like this and you know, not respond. I feel like completely like deer in headlights. Uh, that Cedric is gone. I think it's time that people see who I really am. Um, I want them to hear what really happened. And then let them make, you know, they can make their own mind. They can still hate me, love me, whatever. And you mentioned like, Lisa, I guess to get cast, you were kind of brought up. Like it was sold as like Lisa plus, you know, gay permanent house guest. Yeah. Well, what I think what people also have to understand, you know, and again, when you watch, I mean, you, you're, you live and breathe in that sort of industry. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got those rich people, right? So they're like, some of them are the top 1%, you know, they're exactly what we're supposed to be fighting, right? All that privilege and stuff. And yet, we support them and we love them and we believe them first when they destroy someone else like me, right? So go figure like the logic in that. Um, and Lisa is a dime and a dozen in Beverly Hills, I'm sorry to say. And the fact is, look, they keep bringing like, it's like they've got a factory where they build those Barbie looking housewives with all that money and the earrings 
after a while, all the houses look the same, the diamonds are the same, and the conversation are the same. So she was one of the Dyson. Yesterday, I posted on my Instagram uh, a picture about the scene when we were in Mohammed. So at a dinner table next to her, there's someone called Robert Kabasik, who's a lovely, lovely, loving man, a reporter for, I can't say which um, news network, but you know, he's a, it's a very uh, good news network and he's a lovely, lovely man. Um, He's the one that got Lisa involved because before that, the restaurant was set up, I was working, Ken was always doing his thing, always somewhere. Lisa was alone, right? Um, so we would do the flower once a week. Then I took over that, she had nothing to do. So when she said yesterday I was watching the show, oh, I'm not that type of woman that shops. Uh, really? I beg to defer because I remember other things. So now, you know, so then I would spend a lot of time with her and then she was bored. And then Robert told her, well, guess what? They're auditioning for the rehearsals of Beverly Hills. So she secretly went to the first audition in the office, wherever it was. Um, and then the next thing we know is that they came to the house um, to film her, her and her house and her husband and her family. And I just happened to be there you know, in my T-shirt, and at the time I was a bit more buffed, you know. Um, so then they said, who's that? So then they said, oh, this is Cedric, you know, he lives with me, blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, he's, he's like past the family and stuff. Okay, would he mind? So she asked me, do you mind if we do like, you know, I don't know what we were exactly on the sofa, and they kind of followed us for like half an hour, and we're just like joking around. And, you know, one thing about Lisa and I, we did have, I loved her for that, you know, like that have, that banter. You know, she would say something and I'd be like, responding back, but she would come back, you know, it's like a tennis match of like, you know, who had the last word, but it was nice, you know? So we did that on camera and that was that. Uh, and then for almost a year, we did not hear a thing about it. And then where did you meet Lisa? Like, let's go way back. Like, where did you meet Lisa for the so, first time? Once upon a time. Um, so I want, I want to stop the myth that Lisa breastfed me or changed my nappies for, like, since I was a child. How dare you do this to her? No, guys, listen, I met Lisa in the year 2000. So now it's coming up, it was 20 years. But when she and Ken, at the time, they had quite a few bars in Soho, London. So you've got West Hollywood, or you've got Soho. This is equivalent, slightly better, but back in the days anyway. Um, so they opened this first game members club. So we had all the crap, you know, like all the top designers and, you know, Pamela Anderson and Chris Jones. And I mean, you know, Calamino, they used to come. So my job was to be at the door and the VIP um, sort of guests to make sure that everybody was um, um, looked after or if they needed to use other telephone in the office, um, I could uh, have the key so they can make phone calls in the office, if you know what I mean. So that was my job. You're doing air quotes, so I'm assuming that you mean they want to go use the office to have sex? No, the uh, VIP, they were doing drugs. Oh my God, do I have to uh, spell it out for you? Yeah. So Yes, you do I, have to spell it out for me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so my job was to look after the VIPs and spend time with them and, you know, you know, and be at the door, you know, be that, that, that door whore and the clip and stuff. So it, it was a great, it was kind of based on the Studio 54 uh, model and, and it was, at the time, Chateau de Lange was a place to go, right? Because otherwise, it's a hardcore dance club. But that one, people dressed up, and it was before Grinder, so people really had to make an effort to, to go out. And oh, I feel so bad now saying that, but I would turn people away if I'm like, mm, I'm sorry, but seriously, I mean, 
you know, we all made an effort. So it was back then you could get away with that. I don't think now you could so much. Um, but so we, you know, so it became the place to be and it was really mixed girls, boys, straight, gays, curious, try anything. They were there, you know? So this is how I made Kennedy stuff, you know? And, and I remembered that everybody at the time when I first joined, this, oh, oh, the owners, you know, they're like, oh, they're such bastard. They're such, she's a bitch. And he's, you know, he's, he's a beep, beep. You know, he's a C, he's a, he's a bastard. I'm like, you can say whatever every, you want here. Oh, I really? Okay, well, she, yes. people would say she was a bitch and he was a cunt. And I was like, why? You know, coming from the general manager. And like, so everybody that came in town, everybody within the company, so all of the 10 bars that they had were like, oh, shaking in the boots. And, and I was like, who are those people? So when the first time I met her, I see this super glamorous, sort of like, you know, 1980s, like with the hair and, you know, with, with a dog. And I was thinking, who is that? I love dogs. I love, it. you know, I had, I've read, I used to breed dogs. So I'm like, who are you? You know, I'm Lisa. And then we stuck to each other, like white on rice, you know, she, every time she would come, she always said like, so, you know, we were, and then I would look after her. And then I would start making her ma um, margaritas, you know, like I didn't know how to make drinks. Like, I want Cedric to make my drink, you know. So, and we became, you know, we became friends like this. And then even with Ken, Ken was not this horrible, scary person that it, sorry, my rabbit just licked my foot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I promise you it's a rabbit licking, okay? Stop it, I you. was going to say. Said, I said later. So um, you worked at this club. You like worked at Shutter Club. I worked for the first four years. They owned it for four years. So okay. this is how we met. And it, within the four year, we created a very close bond. You know, um, like I said, I, um, by the way, I'm alone again. Um, uh, like I said, um, my upbringing was not um, the most health the healthiest. Um, so they, they felt that void. This, here comes this incredibly beautiful, smart, funny, witty, well-traveled woman. This man who started from nothing, who built his empire and this money, says nothing but so generous, kind. I'm like, oh my God, mommy, daddy. I was thinking in my heart, you know. And then they took me in because, you know, we shared, we shared our stories and they adopted Max and, you know, and we fell in love. There was a real connection. So from them, contrary to what people think, you know, it was never about money. It was never about the cars because when I worked for them, I got a salary and that was it. Yes, I once or twice a year, I would go on a holiday in Monaco and they got, you know, like around the island. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, how amazing was that? Yes, I got to go to Capera and the beautiful mansion. Yes, you know, they, uh, they bought me a present uh, like on my birthdays, you know, never like extravagant stuff, but, it, you know, they thought about me and that's what I was... They felt, they, they, they filled that hole. I was like, oh my God. So we really became close. This is how we met. And so this club, it was like the hot club. You said like people like Pamela oh, wow. Anderson, Grace Jones. We had Pamela Anderson, Kid Rock, I will always remember, were there and they had a fight in the toilet because he was jealous that gay boys hit on her. I'm like, darling, don't bring a Barbie doll to a gay club because you know what? We all want going to play with the hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it got really, it got really heated for a while. <laughs> did, did, would you have any other fun Pam Anderson stories? We love Pam Anderson. Um, no, no, no. She only came once when I was there. Um, I have some other, 
more disturbing stories about celebrities. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because I want to. You can that. say it. Really? Am I, am I going to get sued? No. Well, I had uh, Boy George who, um, you know, I think at the time he was going through his phase where he was like tying people up in, against uh, heaters. Or, you know, have you heard that story where like he, he had no. this. Uh, he had this Brazilian escort that he chained up in his house for days or something like, you know, it was a big scandal over here in the UK. But anyway, so he, he came, um, he came once and drank champagne, the most expensive. Then he just thought it would be a great idea to start taking a piss on the dance floor. So maybe you didn't hear the song is murder on the dance floor. No, PP on the dance floor. So that was a bit shocking because you don't expect a celebrity of his caliber to, you know, to do that. Um, I remember Grace Jones. You know, Grace Jones, I mean, you grew up with her. She's about like a thousand years old, but she came in and she's just immaculate, right? And not six foot three people. Can I just set the record straight? She's 5'10", you know. I'm 5'11", so I was slightly taller. I was like, oh, you go there. I'm taller, I'm taller than Grace Jones. She was so lovely, but she was one of those women that had to keep calling her husband in the office. Interesting. Uh -huh. That was a very expensive phone bill, I tell you. <laughs> who, so, else, yeah, who else loved to go to this office? Um, oh, I can't, I can't because then I'm being a bitch. Let, let, you know, um, let's just say it was a busy office considering the fact that it was a tiny shoebox, as most clubs in London are. But I, I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, what about I'm, any like fun celebrity stories? Not, you know. Oh, like, do you know my highlights? Yes. My highlight, my highlight of all the celebrities was to meet Drew Barrymore. We came and we had a few tequila shots together. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm drinking with an ET girl. I was thinking, this is heaven. I, I, and she was the nicest, sweetest, warmest person. Do you know what I mean? Like, even her face, the way her face is built, you look at her and you're like, oh my God, you are my best friend. Do you know what I mean? She's that kind of woman where like, nothing about her is off-putting. Everything, she's so approachable. And she, and we're in a VIP, so you know, I was keeping the refract away. You know, I wanted to keep it all to myself. But she was so nice to everyone. Um, I'm trying to think, who else? I mean, Kylie Minogue was a, a regular fixture. She's just such a lovely, 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 lovely girl. Uh, she used to come there a lot. How was but, Pam know, Anderson? I, I met her twice. That's funny. I met her twice. So once I she came to the Shadow Lounge, and she, I mean, she's fucking Pamela. I, I grew up on Baywatch, haven't you? I mean, like, we all did this, didn't we? Like, try to run in slow motion. We both tried that. Uh, she was super nice, super nice, super nice, super nice, funny. You know, he was just like, <laughs> Kid Rock, like, looking like, I'm like, you're in a gay club, dude. Just fucking relax. You're in a VIP. Literally, the VIP is just, it was smaller was probably the size of my studio where I live now, which is so tiny. So you could only fit maybe 15 people in there. And I'm like, all of them are gay. So you can relax, right? So He um, was jealous of the gay boys getting uh, on her? Well, she was getting so much attention. I mean, you can, you can only imagine, right? But then when I went on holiday once in Monaco with um, <laughs> Ken and Lisa, <laughs> I remember. So... We moved, they moved the, the yacht to Monaco, and I thought, I'm going to go for a jog. It's like a beautiful sunny day, so I'm running. Take myself off, right? I'm jogging. I'm jogging. It's nothing un unusual, right? And I get stopped by the police, because you're not allowed in Monaco to run topless. I, you know, like, you know, if you're on the beach, yes, 
go on the streets? No. I was like, oh. No. And then just a few hours later, <laughs> we're out with Jen and Lisa, we're drinking in this bar. Who do I see? Pamela Anderson, literally wearing a bikini top, like a bikini top and bottom, and a t-shirt, but so see-through, it might as well not have been there. And I was thinking, right, something's not right. I'm not allowed. I know my titties were not quite the same as her, but that is not fair there. That is just not fair. Sorry. So that's my second story with Pamela. When you worked at the club was there, in the VIP, was there anyone that was like an amazing tipper or anyone that like just was a cheap-ass tipper? Um, that like stands out. Most most celebrities uh, I have most celebrities have um, always tipped great, but there was one guy that's, that that uh, he's not okay. There's one guy that stands to mind for years. He used to come, friend, this French guy Alexandre, and treated us like shit, VIP treatment and everything. And he said he worked for Versace, yeah, and for um, no, not Versace, uh, wrong wrong brand. Um, the other one, he's there as old. Um, what's it called? Help me out, help me out, help me out. Um, not Versace. your. Not D&G. Valentino, 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 Valentino. So he said he works with Valentino. So his, his, his job was, once I'm a lawyer and a PS, but it's a VIP treatment. And he treated all the stuff and the waiters like prostitutes and never tipped nothing. But every time he can, and he would run like big, big, big uh, bar tabs and just never pay. Man. Then one day, I get invited by David Furnish and Elton John, because they used to come a lot as well to, uh, to the club, to this opening of the gallery of the friend David LaChapelle, David LaChapelle, La right? Mm-hmm. So this new art thingy. So I go there, you know, I'm like, oh, I was so young, oh, celebrities, this is exciting. Look at those photos. I'm like, what photos? And you look, this, everybody's like, you know, I recognize you, who are you? Anyway, then this old silver fox comes at me, thought, in a nice, expensive suit, white hair, with a strong Italian accent. They say, are you a model? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, at the time I was trying to, I just started. He's like, I'm in fashion, can I see your book? And I go, well, I don't have it here with me. So, okay, here's my address, come to my house. I'll, uh, and, I, and I said, um, okay, just so we're clear, I come to your house, but this is not for sex. I'm not, a, I'm not an escort, you understand that? No, no, of course not, you know, like Italian. So sure of him, like, you know. Something about it. Okay. So come back to a week later. I go to Cadogan Square, which is a really expensive area in Nicebridge, right? I mean, a million, million pound flats and stuff with my book, my stupid little big and this modern book, right? Like trying to dress and impress. I'm thinking, oh shit, I'm so out of my depth. Um, and then I'm like, ding dong. The door opens and who is standing in front of me is none other than Alexandre. A French guy that I used to look after, and you treated all of us like shit. I'm like, hey, Alexandre, me being me, I come in and I kiss him and I hug him, and he's like frozen like a statue. And that older gentleman is right behind him, and he's like, I'm thinking, it's me, Cedric. I was like, maybe he didn't recognize me in the daytime, you know, not off my tits. I was like, maybe there's something, and I was like, huh. and then and then the guy uh, Giancarlo Giametti, right, who's he created the brand Valentino with his ex-boyfriend. So he's the big cheese. He's like, how do you know Alexander? Alexander. I said, well, he's your lawyer. No. And the guy's like, well, is your personal assistant? No. And I was like, he's my butler. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I said, 
Alexander wow. looked at me. He disappeared. I don't know why he would lie for such a thing. It's, it's a, an amazing job. I've got friends that do this. They earn so much money. Why lie? So, but yeah. then I became friends with Jamie. So obviously I never got a job. So he tried to date me for a little while, which that didn't go down well because, you know, he was kind of old. But he invited me to this party. I, have, I, I hang out with Gwyneth Paltrow one night. She was like, you should really go out with him. He'll be very generous. And that was before she dated Chris from that Coldplay band. And, we, and I didn't recognize her. So we talked about sex and we're drinking. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you are Gwyneth Paltrow. I said, yeah, hi, who are you? So it was amazing. Uh, Brian, Brian Adams was there, all those celebrities. And he was like, that Jamaica was trying to date me. So, but then that never happened. But friendship, friendship happened. Then I found out that Alexander used to invite um, one of the biggest drug dealers to his house, use his Bentley, drive him around. And I felt I had a duty to say something. And I told my friend Jamete, I said, you know what, I'm really sorry to say that, but behind your back, when you're in Italy or around the world, he is using your flat as a party base. He's driving the biggest drug dealer. And I'm not saying like the guy that sells you, the guy that actually organizes, you know, like, you know, like, you know, so I, I guess he got fired, but you know what? I don't regret it. Sorry. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be first, if you're going to be a cunt to all of us, be, a, you know, come on, don't come to a gay club, be busy to us queens, because you know, we will rip your eyes out any chance we get if you are in the wrong. And he was in the wrong. And guess what? I was like, sorry. How was Gwyneth Paltrow? I loved her. You know what? And this is really funny. I loved her. And. So we, we spent literally the whole, the whole evening together, right? And then I haven't seen it after that. And then when I opened Koya, which is a very exclusive um, private club in Mayfair restaurants, uh, Peruvian at the time, like in 2012, and she comes at the door, to the door, and I'm, and I'm just, you know, outside, and she, she stops, right? So between that, there was a few years, so probably like, you know, I don't know, six years had elapsed since I saw her. And so I turned around and said, I know you. Are you an actor? I said, no. I, and I, I knew exactly who she was. And I was like, I, I, I said, I'll give, you, I'll give you one clue. And she said, all right. So I go close to her and I'm like, you were telling me that you give the best blowjob at a party. I said, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> so then, since then, every time she came, so nice. I love Gwyneth. So nice. We talked about her parents. She was amazing. She's an amazing woman. So wait, she was telling you she gives the best blowjobs at a party? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not at, she was saying, you know, she, she doesn't give blowjobs at a party while she's editing. Like, she's very good no. at giving blowjobs. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust anything. <laughs> that makes sense. No, I just didn't understand if she yeah. said it or you we, said it. The fact is, she was so open for being such a celebrity, like, so famous. She was talking about everything, and she's amazing. And after that, every time she came, she's like, where's Cedric? Where's Cedric? Um, and... I would look after her. Same with Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell, that was a funny, I worked at Koya. This is the craziest story ever. And she came with one of our members, well-connected. I said, oh my gosh, Naomi Campbell, you know. And I'm walking down, and I'm walking up the stairs, and then she, she said, hey! And I said, you're Cedric. I'm like, yes. I'm like, you're Naomi Campbell. Oh my God, are you studying from the real housewives in Beverly Hills? I'm like, yes. I'm like, wait, can I just pinch myself for a minute? I'm like, Naomi Campbell is asking me if I'm Cedric from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was like, oh my God, I have so many questions for you. And then every time again after that, when she came, she's always asking me and I would look after her. And, she's, and again, you know, I know the pressure she gets, but you know what? When I was with her, she was always super nice, super fun, super intelligent. Oh, I loved her. It was great. So I, I was very lucky. 
This was in LA, like after you were on the show. No, this is in London. After, when I left LA, I came back to London, opened open Koya, who is now all around, I think, around the world. Uh, but in, in Mayfair, it was the first Peruvian private club uh, restaurant with live band. And it was, again, the place to go. And, uh, and, and they did go, all the celebrities, you know. It was, um, so we had a, some great, great people. But I, I, Gwyneth and Naomi were always, um, you know, stick up in my mind. I mean, we had all sorts, but I forget again. But those two women really stood up and they were so nice. And wait, wait, I have to tell you this. So, fuck, I'm telling you. Now you saw my back. So, Naomi comes to me and she's like, she calls me. She says, Cedric, I want to have a date. You know, at 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 in the private area. But can you please make sure I've got this whole area for myself? It's a small, tiny place. I can't tell my members to fuck off because I've got you know. What I did is there was like a little booth area, and I got curtains, and I, she sent tons of flowers, literally, like she was about she was burying someone. I'm like, is this a date, or are you really like you know, someone just died? Anyway, so many flowers, and I decorated everything. And do you know who the date was with? Who? Oh. That Fassbender guy. Michael Fassbender? That's the one. And then, and then a few months later, he came on a date with who? Cameron Diaz. Okay, so wait, <laughs> let me just understand this. So Naomi Campbell came to the club and she had flowers flown in or brought in. Yeah, yeah and so I made, she... I made it an area for her private with curtains so nobody could peek in, right? So it was private. Was a... she, she had a date with Michael Fassbender. That's right, yeah. I don't and think she, it worked out, as we all know, but yeah. And then she wanted the flowers there, and then what, when the date ended, he came in the next night with Cameron Diaz, or the same day? Like, no, that, the, no, 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 not the next night, but he came like a little while after. And I remember the, at that time, the, the, the club was empty, and she's sitting there with him. And because I had met him before, he's like, hi, Cedric. And then I think I might have had a, a tequila or two in my nose and I went to a, and it was a Peruvian salsa music and then they were playing the live band and I said and I sometimes I'm like I got such big balls and I go to the camera and I'm like dance with me I said so no I said listen I've seen the mask I know you can dance she stand up and she takes me for a spin and we're like full on dancing salsa in front of like the few people a few members that were there and Marco was like just watching and then I said come on nice your turn because they were just talking not doing nothing and guess what then they're like all dancing and like being all amorous with each other. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's what that should have been my vocation. Did you see any like makeout sessions between like Fassbender and Naomi or Fassbender and? No, I am professional. Kim. When I work, when I work, I'm professional. They were hidden, so um, you know, I, I don't bring the food or anything. So you know, before any waiter came, I would say we're coming in. So I did not see any of that, that shenanigans happening on that night, anyway. So how did you go? I mean, Lisa had 30 restaurants in LA. So how did you go from kind of being taken in, you know, like bonding with her there and then how'd you all move to LA and why did she move to LA? How many restaurants did you say? I thought there was 30 clubs and restaurants. In LA, 30? No, no, no. In I'm going back to the UK. Like before you guys oh, moved to Beverly Hills, didn't she have London. like 30? Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite that big, but it was a big, you know, they had maybe 10, you know. So what, what we can do, he would have a few bars, you know, and at the time, so he built, and they're not the nicest bars, and you have to remember, but this is how, you know, it was like like the pitch on the piano, or like when all those, ooh, they would drink to be like, and start fighting outside. So that's kind of, 
So they build on that, and then they had a four or five, they would sell a company up and then create something a bit nicer, blah, blah, blah. You know, so very smart. And then um, before they came to the set, they sold, so groups, uh, sold bars, I think it was called the company, for 25 million. Um, and then came to the States, you know, and opened Villa Blanca. Um, but before they, before they came this time around to the States, they used to live in a state, I think right about the time when the earthquake was happening and they owned, I think, seven pizzerias or something. Um, so, you know, they had tried their hands way back then. Uh, it didn't quite work out, so they came back to the UK. Um, but, you know, you've got to hand it to them, you know, um, especially Ken. Um, he's, I think anyone who managed to make uh, that much money in a business and within any industry, you know, they're like, they're like risk takers and they've got balls of steels. For instance, after we sold the Shadow Lounge, well, I say we, not me, because I got nothing. After they sold the Shadow Lounge, uh, Ken said, I'm going to buy you Freedom Bar, which is literally just across the street. He said, I'm, I'm going to buy this for you, Cedric. I want to have shares in it. Oh, my God, you know. Like, you're like my son, but, you know, perfect. That never happened. It was all bullshit. Um, but the bar was already sold to someone else. So what Ken did is he went with a suitcase with 500,000 pounds from the house of the, the current owner, and he bought it right there and then. And, and then he was laughing at me because he was saying the uh, Soho Mafia was after him. <laughs> oh, I love him. I love that. It's so funny. And then once you were in L.A. and the show came along, you know, and you were on the show, I mean, how was that? I mean, I, I know you said, like, you were kind of forced to sign the contract. Yeah. But what I need to really um, make clear one thing is before we actually – um, started filming the show, I did not live with Ken and Lisa, okay? So this, this zombie lie that people believe that keeps coming up, you lived there for two years, 10 years, you know, since you were a child. No, I, I didn't. So I lived the first six months in LA. Um, and then I had to leave, I had to restamp my visa. So I came back to London. Uh, and there's two weeks that I was there, I was in constant touch with them. Miss you, love you, has everything, has Max, has a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like, normal conversation. Then I come back to LA, excited, and Demi, who was um, the husband of the couple, the housekeeper couple that they had um, um, at, um, at Villa Fleury, um, was there and he said, you can't come back to the house. I'm like, why? So, well, Miss, Miss Lisa doesn't want you there anymore. Like, well, why? So there has never been a conversation, right? The deal was it will help me to get my visa, which at that time was not done. They would not pay me for working at Villa Blanca all those hours. And I was thinking, well, where am I supposed to go? And I said, where is Lisa? She said, oh, she's in Florida. She's collecting jiggy. Right. So not even a, a phone conversation, nothing. And she's out there collecting a dog and kicking this dog out without a reason. And it's not being kicked out I have a problem with. If we have a conversation, like with all my friends, I did something wrong. You tell me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to understand if you're fine, fair enough. But there was none of that. And I was shocked, right? So then I left. I, got, I moved in with my friend Omar, who was a waiter at Villa Blanca, and, you know, became friends with all the staff there, despite the fact that Lisa was like, do not fraternize with them. They're beneath you, all those people. You know, do not, do not go out with them. So I used to have to lie. Oh, I'm going to meet so-and-so who's like, you know, there's just to go out to the Abbey or go out, you know, just to, to be, with, uh, be with my friends. And, you know, and I've, I put, posted some photo with Shea Marie and people that have, after that, done the Sir TV show, I suppose, or the Van de Pomp Rules or something. Yeah. Um, 
So then I live, I live with Omar and I, and I came back to work with Villa Blanca as a waiter. I'm like, I'm not standing at that door. I'm going <clears> to <throat> serve because you guys are not paying me. At least let me live off my, my tips, right? So I was making enough tips to pay a bit of rent. I would take the bus. I moved to Los, uh, Los Feliz, um, which was really nice with my friend Omar. You know, I had this little room. It was great. So I had a cat. I felt like I could breathe for the first time because the first, you know, the, uh, the last few months living there was a bit oppressive because when you were Lisa, you are on Lisa's time, right? It's, Cedric, yes, let's do this. I'm football. What can we do? But, you know what I mean? Never mind. Are you doing something, Cedric? Are you working? Are you serving? Are you looking up? Cedric, Cedric. Oh, fuck. If I had the money for every time I heard Cedric, I'd be richer than them. So then I live with my friend Omar. Then. So uh, when did you get kicked out? So you, this is after you filmed the first season? Like the oh, season, no, no, this no, 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 way prior. I had just been in the States for six months. Yeah, I had Fire. to leave to get my visa stuff. When I come back, they say I can't come back because apparently something happened and I had no idea what happened. Well, I know what happened now in hindsight is because I became, she opened up to me and told me so many things about her relationship because she was so miserable and lonely, nothing to do. You understand, she had everything to ask people, money and the cars. But she was so bored and lonely and was in need of affection and love, like, you know, like me, like, you know. So she made me do things to find that truth for her. And I did. And then and she, she's a type of woman that does not show any vulnerability, right? She's a strong woman, very calculated. But it was one of those times where, you know, she, she didn't. But that was never in my mind. It's like, you know, okay, uh, you know, I'm really sorry that this happened to you, you know, and I was there for her for a hard time. Um, but then to just kick me out or refuse, not, not kick me out, it's just refuse, you know, say to, say to your helper that do not let him in. I mean, seriously, has the last 15 years meant nothing? Well, I've never done anything wrong, put a word wrong. I would, I love you. So, I mean, I was, you know what I mean? I was a perfect son, if you, if you will. So. Then I, I live with Omar for the, for the next few months, right? And then we get a call from Evolution, Bravo, and all that. Then she calls me, and I, and I put my phone on loudspeaker, so Omar, who's on my Instagram as well, can vouch for the story. And she went in this long monologue conversation, like, I'm really sorry how things went down. I didn't mean to, you know, I think, you know, we got a little bit too close. Um, you know, but now the show just called me back and they asked me if you live with, you know, if you live with us. And I, and I said, yes. I said, what little lie? I'm like, why? Well, you know, because I think I could make you a star. And so she was saying all those things. You know, I'm really sorry. You know, you're like the son to me. So again, she was saying all those things for someone like me who's been all his life abandoned, who's been seeking love in the wrong places, you know, um, seeking affirmation and confirmation by people that I'm worth something. You said that to me? I'm like, oh, okay. I'll come back. So I came back. But I came back for three months. Um, and we started filming. For three months, we filmed. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. You know, I love the cameras. I love being on the camera with Lisa. Um, although that, you know, prior to that, she had rehearsed every single line, every single jokes from, you know, under all that, you know, all that dynamite. I didn't know there was a two issues. She said that joke about me, about a thousand people before over the years. So everything she says, I heard, she, she like, she, we used to rehearse scenarios. Before she was accepted, we used to rehearse scenarios. Okay, so imagine if they did this. So you say that, and I do this, and then we could do that. Let's find, you know, uh, every day was late, like seven o'clock in the morning on the intercom. 
Cedric, can you come to my room, please? Ugh. And then it was like, can I get breakfast? You know, oh, we'll get we'll get breakfast brought up. So it's like, it looks like, yeah, I'm on the chaise long with her, like in this fantastic fucking mansion, talking about a show that was not confirmed yet, talking about what she would do, and you know, so. But so then the show happened, and we started filming. Wow. And you said, I mean, I know you said Lisa was alone, like lonely and wanted something. And I know it, it, it's out, you know, it's actually not, it's out in, in the public domain. So they've, they've, I've, I've seen a, a, a while back that there's an article written by someone else about it. So it's a well-known, well-known fact. You know, Ken was a player. She even admitted before he met her, he was a player. Um, I've, I've caught him many times and he knows that. And this is also why when, you know, and at the end of the show, when they started again to turn back to the evil ways, you know, when I came back and I was nothing but nice, when, this, when he started picking on me, I had a conversation with him in the office at lunchtime. It was not 6 a.m. in the morning, like in true Cedric fashion, as, Ken, as Lisa said on the reunion of season one. Um, I did not come down with Lisa, with Ken's suitcases, which are in his room. So you have to walk through her room to get access to their bathroom. I mean, fuck, seriously? So people don't realize this. So I did not, this did not happen. I, the, what happened is the last day of shooting, we're having lunch at Villain Blanca, and I have the same food that I've had for the last year. Carbonara pasta, right, from the menu, which costs nothing, which is, you know, I love that. Then the GM calls me and he's all a bit coy and everything. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, well, I don't know how to tell you, Cedric, but um, Ken doesn't want to eat the pasta anymore. What? No, you say, you know, you should have the stuffed food like the rest of us. And that was the straw that brought the camels back. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with those people. I'm done. So I went back to the table and I said, Ken, you, me, office now. Walked off. I felt so strong because I never spoke to Ken like this. Never. They were my parents. They made, I love them so much. I respected them so incredibly much. For him to do this out of the blue, to begrudge me a fucking bowl of pasta, seriously? So it went to the office and I just lashed out. I'm like, you know what? It stops now. All this, you know, I've, I've done everything you've, you've said. You, you promised my visa. I had to pay for my own. I had to pay for my own visa through friends of mine working with my tip. I did that, not them. Okay, so let's get that again clear. All those zombie lies that keep popping up. Not true. You know, I've, I, I say, yes, yes, I worked at Villa Blanca for like six, seven days a week, and I loved every single minute of it. But, you know, you, now I realize you keep saying that I'm not working, that I'm not doing this, that I'm lazy. That's a fucking lie, and you know it. I've worked for you. You're a businessman. If someone doesn't work for you, I would have been out of the fucking door a hundred years before that, right? I mean, make... No one so smart would have kept me on if I was really that lazy. And I thought, I cannot believe that this is what you're trying to do to me. And it stops. And I said, okay, one more thing. After, you know, I covered your ass so many times. You know, I covered your ass so many times. I'm done. So I'm leaving. So I went home, packed my stuff, called my friend Ali, the beautiful blonde babe, and I moved in with her. So that's what happened. Not 6 a.m. call and I want money, I want millions, and I'm going to sell stories. None of that. It didn't even occur to me again. Those people think in showbiz term. Me, I thought about, this is my family. People that I love that turned against me. 
they're thinking show business, fame, cameras. Me, I was like, I'm with, I'm with people that I love and trusted. What can go wrong? That's what happened. Because first, you know, one thing about Ken, bless his little heart, he had, you know, he liked his drinks. Or he doesn't drink often, but what he does, you know. So I worked in Soho. And back in the days, I was a disco bunny. I'm not going to lie. So after we closed Shadow Lounge, we'd go upstairs and my flat, my friend who managed, uh, managed the Shadow Lounge had a flat that came with the job. And we'd get trotted and drinking and stuff there. And one day I look and I see Ken just entering those red light districts, you know. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. And then at all, all my, all the, you know, employees see him doing this, talking to prostitutes outside and everything. And I thought, that's not a good look. The other instance is I went, I was dating this hot Brazilian guy who worked in a, at the Grovner Hotel in London. And I go see him and I, you know, chit chat and flirt and do my thing over the bar. Hi, you know, see you later. Then I come out. No, no, no. Yeah, then I come out and I see Ken coming in. I'm like, and his face just dropped. I'm like, Ken, what are you doing here? I didn't know you were in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing here? Oh, I, I'm here to have a meeting with a with a guy there with a car. And he points at a Bentley. I'm like, all right. So then he walks in. I walk away. What he doesn't know is I walk back in and I spoke to my friend who works behind the desk, and and I asked him to do the investigation. And sure enough, he was not alone in that room. I will leave it at that. What about Lisa? How about Lisa? The answer to that and many other questions, such as other cast members on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Ken and Cedric's ex, Lance Bass, all on part two of our very special sit down with Cedric Martinez, coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.